Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Erin Falconer is the author of How to Get Shit Done and now How to Break Up with Your Friends. She's a digital entrepreneur, the editor-in-chief and co-owner of Pick the Brain, one of the most trusted self-improvement communities online. She was named one of the top digital entrepreneurs in L.A. Damn. By LA Confidential, and she's one of the top seven women changing the digital landscape for good by Refinery29. She's a friend, incredibly inspiring woman. Heel Squad, welcome, Erin Falconer. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited that we get to talk in person finally. I know. I know. This is so nice. So, how to break up with a friend? How do you go from how to get you done to how to break up with a friend? Well, you know what? It's funny because as I was looking to do the follow-up uh, of how to get shit done, mm-hmm. which is you know very rooted in female productivity and exploring that landscape, I was going in a bunch of different directions and kind of spinning my wheels. I kind of got into an idea or two and I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. Nothing was really sticking. And then you know, five months after starting, I woke up at like six in the morning, kind of half awake, half asleep. And this statement or question or whatever, how to break up with your friends just kind of was in my mind. And I was like, what's that all about? Couldn't stop thinking about it Hmm. all day long. It kind of kept coming back to me. And, you know, a couple of days later, this thing is still in my head. I'm like, what, what, what is this? It won't leave me alone. And as I started to reflect then on my own friendships and where I was in, you know, my life with my own friendships, um, I started to think about how much energy I was spending on, um, you know, being irritated or less than fulfilled and kind of just like bothered by certain people, but not really knowing why and not really doing anything about it. Um, and then when I looked at other friendships that I was really drawn to and still very invested in, I was like, wow, they give me so much energy. And yet these other relationships I feel like are taking so much energy. Mm. So when I got right down to it, I was like, actually, even though it doesn't feel linear, I think there's a really a direct connection between 
taking stock and being intentional and active in your friends, in your friendships. Um, and if you're not, um, if they're not giving you energy, they're taking energy. And mm -hmm. so I think there's a through line to productivity. Um, although it's not obvious, it's, it's really meaningful. Well, what I loved about the book is you also have a lot of science behind everything. Yeah. And I think you also talked about, I'm trying to get back to the connection between how to get shit done. But, you know, you were talking about in your early days when you were doing Leaf TV and you were so busy, the right. first thing you would cancel right. was your friend's... right. Uh, you would cancel on your friends or you would pray they would cancel on you. And I was like highlighting that part of the book. I'm right. like, that was me. Right. I would be so excited when people right. canceled like, on yes. me. Yes. I don't and have so to be the bad guy here. It was I the first time I heard anybody else say that. Right. I felt like such a shit yeah. for thinking like that sometimes. <laughs> right. But, you know, when you're so overwhelmed and overstretched, mm -hmm. you know, you think of what's absolutely necessary. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's like where I had a bit of a pivot into the second book is like my go-to is like, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, get the, get the, you know, drinks with friends or the coffee with friends off the calendar. I need to free up, free up time to do, you know, stuff that's more important. And then as I reflected upon it, I was like, that's, it feels counterintuitive, but it is the meaningful interaction with your friends that you don't want to take off the list. This is where if you're doing it right and you're very intentional, you actually fill up your energy coffers. And so you can take a little bit of the day's stress off you. Again, if you're with that person undistracted and really connecting with them, I think it's absolutely foundational to productivity and reducing burnout and you know, generally being a happy, happier person, right? Mm -hmm. And so the inclination to say, oh, that's just lightweight fun. Um, it's only lightweight fun if, if that's where you're categorizing it. If you say this is actually meaningful and I need to connect with somebody outside of work or outside of my romantic relationship um, to really rejuvenate myself, I think that's the lens you want to be looking at friendship through, right? And the thing is, the book is called How to Break Up with Your Friends, but there's actually, as you know, only one chapter on how to break up with your friends. There are nine chapters on why meaningful friendship is super important now more than ever. And there's a lot of science about, you know, how it affects your physiology, your mental health, um, and then also just your quality of life. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've been dialing these friendships in for so long. We need to take a real critical look and at, at just how we can do them better. And if the enter and if the angle needs to be because it'll make you more productive because people are so obsessed with productivity, yeah. then that's the angle that we're going to use to get in there to open this conversation up. I love that. Yeah. I, I, and you quoted me in the book and I, <laughs> yeah. I, st I stand by everything is anytime I was super sad, mm -hmm. I realized Kevin would say, you just haven't seen your friends. Yeah. Go see your friends. Totally. And he would point me in the direction of friends that he knew would fill my cup because mm -hmm. they would see me. Right. And that was another thing you mentioned is right. a lot of the loneliness comes from a lack of friendships where you're seen. Right. Exactly. Because you're, you're either meeting up with people because it's a legacy friendship or out of obligation because you've invited, you've, you've been invited or you think you should meet up with them. But when you're active and intentional and making real choices around you know, I need or I want to see this person because this relationship fills me up and I f and 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 vice versa, right? You have to be an active participant also in contributing energy mm -hmm. to the friendship. Um, but a lot of times, like if if we do things out of obligation, like, oh, you know, oh, I got invited to my friend's baby shower or something like that, or my my friend's 
child's birthday, right? And it's like, I got invited, so I should go. You're actually throwing away energy if that's not somewhere where you really feel like you can contribute or you've got the bandwidth for. If it's more, it's more important to say, I'd like to carve out, you know, 30 minutes or an hour to really sit down and have a tea with this person or a coffee and connect as opposed to be running around a birthday, kid's birthday party. Like, let's say I don't have kids and this, I'm, nobody really gives, you know, cares. You're just another body at the party. Right. And you're just another body. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so this, you also have to look at like the obligation mm-hmm. element and say, and that also goes back to the, how to get shit done is like, just because you're invited doesn't mean you need to go. And so you have to be intentional and say, I really want to see you, but this isn't, this isn't, this time is not time well spent between the two of us. What can we do that is time well spent? And then mm-hmm. you navigate what that is for the both of you, but you can't do that without analyzing it and then communicating it. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're doing so much stuff just like, Oh good. I got invited. Let me add that to my calendar. Now on a Saturday when you really should probably be sleeping in or going to the gym or whatever, something really good, you're standing at a three-year-old's birthday party going, Oh, how am I doing here? Yeah. Or the baby shower where you have to watch a million gifts open. Opened like this. Can a, we please end that tradition? It right. is insane. And embarrassing. It's the worst. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh you my know? God. And then it's like, it's so awkward for people who are like, you know, are they going to like my gift? Oh, and then a gift comparisons oh. and all it is like pulling That's, my eyelids yeah. mm-hmm. off my eyes. Right. I just can't stab me with a fork right. in them. Like right. I just, it I agree. Could, you couldn't ask me to do anything worse. <laughs> I hate it. Right. And I know someone's probably listening like anything worse, but it's, it's true. I really dislike it. I just do. Right. I would never put, it was like the wedding stuff. Like I always tell people, you know, um, I, if we were going to have a wedding, I was going to make it a party where people could come in their flip flops and right. just not have to do the whole Buy a new outfit, make right. it all the the invitations and the table settings and the the mm-hmm. the seat charts. Like when I did our wedding in Greece, it was like open seating. <laughs> here's a bar. Here's some music and some food. Let's keep it chill. Yeah. Let's keep it easy. Because mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Yeah, it's not about that stuff. It's yeah. about. I mean, there were people in, from the village that were in their jeans. There yeah. were people that were dressed up. I was like, whatever, come as you like. No <laughs> yeah. big deal. But um, but yeah, I want to share some of the science actually behind some of this because I always think it's the hardest thing when you're promoting a book to remember. <laughs> so I didn't want to put you in that position. But a large-scale Swedish study found that people with fewest social connections were at a 50% increased risk of dying of cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. crazy and should you get heart disease friends help you recover um in a study of the journal of the american heart association patients with solid su- social support had better outcomes as well as fewer symptoms of depression let's see um oh there's me smashing the page when you talked about canceling on friends uh dean ornish who studied the habits of people living in blue zones geographical areas in which people have the lowest levels of chronic disease and live longer than anywhere else in the world like greece uh the time we spend with loved ones is the single most important determinant in how long and how well we live um I thought that was a really, really great they're statistic. Saying, yeah, they're saying now, um, and it's Vivek Murthy, who is, I think he was Obama's Surgeon General, and I think he also now might be Biden's. Uh, he's written a lot about blue zones and uh, 
just the importance of social connection. And he predicted that soon doctors will recommend socialization and ask you about your socialization patterns, just as they ask you if you smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol, like it'll factor in at that level, like, and where do you fit in socially? Like, are you seeing people? How often, just like how many cigarettes do you smoke a day or how many drinks do you have a week? How often do you socialize in a meaningful way with people? Because that's how directly it, it impacts your health. I know. I experienced yeah. it. You experienced yeah, it, totally. right? Absolutely. I mean, when you didn't get to see your friends, how oh. did you feel? Well, this is the funny thing. So I went down that rabbit hole. I started you know, putting the pitch together for the book. I went out and I, I sold this title February 23rd, hmm. which is three weeks before the pandemic started. I, and I thought this, obviously, this this uh, topic was important then. I could not have predicted what was literally just around the corner. And as everybody knows, unfortunately, you know, we went into quarantine and all of those friendships were immediately kind of ripped out of our lives. We had our immediate family only, and that was it, basically, right? And so I remember in those early days, there was like, you know, we realized, okay, this isn't like going to be a three-day thing. This feels like it might be terrible and be like a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, anyways, uh, when we realized that this was kind of around to stay, I got this like kind of onslaught and I'm sure you guys did too with, with the zoom happy hours. Like I never people, got invited to a zoom what? happy hour. Isn't that All funny? My, what? All my friends yeah. were like different groups were like, we've got to connect on zoom and da, da, da. And I had such a visceral reaction where I was like, Oh my God. Yes. To some people. And then, to some of them, I was like, oh, no, like, I just, no, I don't, there's so much going on mentally. Like, I just don't feel like I need to connect with this person. And that was like a big, you know, light bulb moment that just continued to continued. And so this book also like how to get shit done. I, the, a, a large part of it you is experimental it. and it's experimental. I was like, literally, as I'm writing this thing, doing experiments on my own, you know, on what was going on in my own life and how I was reacting. And so, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, informational. And then there's a real experiential part of it um, as I was writing it, because real time going through that pandemic, it was like crazy. Yeah. It's so wild to know that you got that download. Yeah. And it was obvious that you were the one chosen to do this at that time, because because it was important. Right. You so know, cool. I talk a lot about it in the first book about, you know, I and I think I say it like it's incumbent upon everybody to find their hot shower. And what I mean by that is how often have you met up with a friend or been with a colleague and somebody comes in with a really good idea and they're like, oh my God, I had this amazing idea. And they tell you and you go, oh, like, that's great. How did you think of that? And they're like, I don't know. I was just in the shower this morning and it it hit him, it, you know, mm-hmm. it came to me. And I was like, that's absolutely not a coincidence because this is often the only time most people have, the, you know, that two minutes or three minutes when alone. they're in, alone, while warm water's hitting their face, they're massaging their head, they're not really thinking about anything and what happens, boom, something, an idea, and the vo- your internal voice comes up. And so whether that's meditation or baths or taking long walks device free, you have to be able to find 15 to 20 minutes a day, every single day to reduce the chaos, to allow the answers to come Mm -hmm. from within and then start to recognize them when they do. And so 
when this idea came up, how to break up with your friends, and I, I was in that not asleep, asleep, not thinking of anything again, you know, boom, this idea comes up. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. And it just wouldn't leave me. But if you have a lot of chaos in your life and you are not living intentionally, you're going to miss those signs and signals yeah. all day long, every day. And they're there for everybody. I don't care who you are. So find your hot shower and make it happen every day. I love that. Find your hot shower. I was doing that with my mom where yeah. I would get those downloads on what to do next to her, with her. Right. I was like, God, what do I do next? I'm scared. Yeah. And then the download would yeah. come. Mm -hmm. And I would go in that direction yeah. and it would work. And I was like, my God, this is unbelievable. It, I have like a direct connect. This is crazy, yeah. but you have time. It's open. It's open. And you yeah. hear it. Prayer. Yeah. Any kind of prayers also. A it's a form of meditation, mm -hmm. right? It is literally just calm and peace trying to access something in yourself or, you know, 
you know, spiritually, however you want to phrase it. But prayer is a great, um, is a great way to just reduce chaos and allow whatever needs to come shine through you shine. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to do it. And only you can do it. Nobody can do that for you. Yep. So, so when you realized that you were getting these happy hours, (laughs) we'll get to the fact that I didn't get invited to them later. I am shocked. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I did. I did you. one. I did one drinking Zoom with my best friend Alyssa okay. when my uncle died. Okay. That night, uh-huh. we zoomed together. I was super right. sad. Yeah. And we zoomed together, and we had a glass of wine because he loved wine. Right. So I did it for him. But I was like, oh, maybe I should have been doing these. Like the whole Zoom get together. Oh. I was so turned off by terrible. it because I did Easter like that. Right. And when you have a Greek family, we're very loud. Right. And you can't hear each <laughs> other when you're in the room for get on Zoom. So it was right. a very frustrating situation. Right. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Well, that's the thing for me because I have a, total, a visceral reaction, negative reaction to a Zoom happy hour as well. So the fact that I like even contemplated it with some people was like, like, <laughs> That's how much you like, know. I was like, okay, I really like this person because I'm contemplating doing this ridiculous thing. And frankly, when I did it, I didn't have a good time and it's not because of the other people. I was like, this is so weird. I'm yeah. sitting in my office. It's dark. I'm hiding from my son. We're drinking. I'm like, oh my God, no, <laughs> this is so lame. I'm not into it, but it speaks volumes about the way I felt about yeah. those people that I was, you know, doing it. So my question is, <laughs> You're having this like real life, real time, real life experience yeah. where you're realizing, oh, I really don't want to Zoom with them. Right. So in the process of writing this book, mm-hmm. did you break up with friends? Yeah. Um, I needed to get, I needed to get clear. So that I, as opposed to just being like, oh, I'm irritated and like dropping it. I was like, I'm irritated. Why? What's going on here? Because in theory, this is one of my friends. And so for each friendship that I kind of looked at, some of them were like, oh, there's been this underlying irritation that we just haven't addressed. Mm-hmm. And and like, it's not in and of itself, it's not that big, but cumulatively, because I haven't addressed it, I've built up resentments. And I talk about one story in the book with a really good friend of mine who otherwise I really adore and longstanding friend, she lives very far. She lives on the east side. I live on the west side. So, you know, like driving mm-hmm. is, you know. It's, it's like a, going to another state. It's like going to another state. It's really mm-hmm. stressful when you get there for something that's supposed to be fun and you've stu- been stuck in traffic for an hour, blah, blah, blah. And so, but I noticed that she was chronically late. And every it, and every time, even when she was coming to visit me, which was super rare, and also I was the one that was mostly driving to see her. She'd always come up with excuses, and and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll drive. And so, but it was just this thing about like being late, and I, I she'd arrive every time and have like some fantastic story about why she was late. So then, like we're hanging out for an hour, but like the first twenty minutes is like I'm having to indulge her listening to this story that I could not possibly care less about. I hate right? hearing the late story. Right. I'm like, but we both Ugh. live in the same city. Yeah. And somehow, mm-hmm. like anyways. Um so I realized that like over the course of time, I just when I was she'd invite me to plans, I would just like more and more like not go. And I don't even think I was clear on why I was not going. I just had this built up subconscious resentment. And so that's an example of a friendship that I didn't break up with. Um, but I had to, we ended up having like a very, uh, what I would consider stressful conversation where I was like, well, look, I'm writing this book. I got to, I'm going to say something. And I was amazing. I watched all Well, that's like next level. That's not even like I have to have the conversation with my friend. Now I'm actually going to be writing about this. Right. Exactly. 
So I that was, was like, tough. yeah. And it's like that. So like, you know, that's in the book, like every, and it was amazing to watch my instincts of like, even when I knew I was going to sit across from her and tell her this stuff, I was constant. And she, by the way, she was late to that meeting. Um, and so I was like combination <laughs> of like really fuming because of that. And then like, see, this is why I'm talking about her. And then I'm going to talk, you know, we need to talk about this. And then also talking myself out of it. Like, I'm mad and then talking myself out of it and being like, you know, I don't know. Maybe she is going through something stressful. I don't know if I say something, it's going to be really triggering for her. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. You know, we've been friends for so long. But don't you think all those conversations are happening with yourself because you just don't want to do it? Totally. That's They're it, right? It's all fear-based. I'm think, just talking myself out of yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point right. for us to stress to right. everyone. The second you're having second thoughts about mm -hmm. it yeah. and then trying to rationalize right. their behavior and what's gone on, it's really because you don't want to deal with it or you're right. scared. Yeah. to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so and that's, that's why most of us never say anything. Right. That's, that's why I like cousin status. Right. <laughs> Put them on a cousin status so you don't have to deal with it. Exactly. But then at the same time, like you have your distance. Right. Right. And so I think like, look, if you have a really longstanding mm -hmm. friendship with somebody and you know, they're just like frustrating you over and over again, but you don't want to do like a huge breakup because maybe they're part of a friend group and like you will see them like, you know, once mm -hmm. a year and you don't want it to be awkward. That's fine. But if you think there's real juice in that friendship and, and beyond the being late, like if that's a relationship, like intellectually you like hanging out with this person or she's really funny or she really provides support in X, Y, and Z way. You don't want to throw that relationship out just because she's late. What you want to do is say, give that relationship some respect and say, this is really bothering me. I'm now noticing this pattern in my own self, like where I'm like distancing myself mm -hmm. from you. And I want to give this relationship actually a chance, but I'm just telling you my own boundary. Like I cannot sit here and waste 20 minutes hearing why you're late. It's adding insult to injury that you are late in the first place chronically. And I have really limited bandwidth. So the fact that I'm, you know, driving to you, this is such a pain point for me. Um, and I want to get on the other side of it, but like, I just needed you to hear, like, I'm super frustrated about this. Mm -hmm. And it's a big barrier to like getting to the good stuff between us. And then if that person is still perpetually late, it's like, okay, bye. Like, okay. Yeah. Cousin status or bye, <laughs> <laughs> or, or bye, you know? Yeah. But I think that just also getting – what you're doing is holding a lot of negative energy subconsciously, right? So mm -hmm. just being able to like, I need to offload this. I don't need to carry this right now. Like it might be scary and – or, you know, you feel like it's going to be, oh, what an energy drag. Like I don't want to deal with this. But actually when you rid yourself of that negative energy, mm -hmm. you know, these things that have been building up, all, it's amazing how light you feel the next day. And it's like, whoa, whoa, something shifted. And yeah. that's where you want to be emotionally and also from a productivity standpoint. Like that's how your wheels can be spinning like at full speed and in the direction you want to go. Otherwise, it's frenetic energy that you can't quite get a hold on. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to kind of learning how to stand up for yourself, right. which is something we're not all right. really good at or we're all trying to get to. Right. And like I have a friend who is a longstanding friend who's just so fucking difficult. Right. Excuse my language, everybody. Yeah. Sorry for the F-bomb, but it really, really <laughs> warranted it if you knew. And just, and then what's crazy is I'm reading the book, which is freaking amazing, by the way. Let me find this page. Oh, here we go. Toxic Friends. And I'm reading the description of Toxic <laughs> Friends. And I go, oh, I would have never categorized this person as toxic 
maybe a nightmare, but toxic. <laughs> um, and yet a lot of those boxes get checked. Right. And it's a really frustrating thing when someone, like I'll say, oh, there's something I want to pursue. It's like, why? There are a million of those. Oh, yeah. Or just, or loves benefiting from me, but then loves putting me down too. Right. Yeah, I would say that you need to look at that. And you're like, uh, uh. but then again, the battle is mm -hmm. this person was great to me, horrible to everyone around me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, but, you know, so it's like a struggle. So then you're just like, okay, I'll just distance. Right. But the problem is, as you just said, you still carry it. The weight is still on you if mm -hmm. you don't actually say anything. But then now, if I'm in that situation and I'm saying this because I know someone else is going to feel it. Now I try to confront this uber difficult person. Right. Do you know how argumentative this person is? Do you know I'm not going to even win? Okay. And by the way, it's not about winning. I'm not even going to be able to get a word in. Right. It's going to be so challenging. It's going to suck so much more of my energy out. So I'm just like... Well, here's a question. Oh, whatever. Do you want to still be friends with this person? Like, is this person providing, is this relationship providing value in your life? Because. It's so hard. Right. Because there are certain things, yes. Mm -hmm. But it's just like the bad just really just outweighs the good sometimes. Right, right. Well, first of all, based on the way that this person is, the way you're describing her. So I'm a big fan of like, if you are going to have a tough conversation or break up with somebody, you know, you want in the best case scenario, you want to do it either in person or on the phone, like with a voice, but not all friendships are created equal. And if there is going to be, you want to get the information to this person in the way that she can best receive it. And so mm -hmm. it sounds like to me, this is an email. And like, not, <laughs> no, really, because it's like, I let, her, even thought of that. Let, yeah, right. her, let her sit with these words mm -hmm. with nobody. And may, she might fire off some reactive email back. You don't even need to read that, first of all, for like a week, you know, yep. just let her sit in these words, as opposed to like, you, you taking your time and energy when you know, it's just going to be deflected right back onto you. And the information, your information, even if it makes it to her, which it doesn't sound like that information will even make it to her, it certainly won't be received. And mm -hmm. so then what's the point? Right. So like there's a way to put that in an email and say, listen, I just need you to hear this and then detail out what the problem is. And if you do still want her, her, this relationship in your life, say, look at like, I love you for X, Y, and Z reason, but I, you know, we need to find a balance between the negative and the positive here because I, it's just taking my energy and I, I don't. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Mine is the sweet chili. 
Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. Kelsey is so great at making sure she responds to all of you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as 10 dollars a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you. That's not good. Yeah. You know, so if we can come to some sort of agreement on like you putting a cap on, you know, poo-pooing me and or, and maybe, you know, a lot of times people are so up in their like own world, like they don't even realize how they're behaving oh, or perceived yeah. out in the world. Yep. No, no, no. Absolutely like, no self-awareness. Right. And so like. But by the way, that's everybody. Right. There's so little self-awareness. Right. All you do is watch walking contradictions, or, right, or at least right, I do. Right. Walking saying, contradictions saying all the time. 90 that. Day Fiance recently. I'm watching 90 Day Fiance <laughs> and the girl full on says she has secrets she's keeping from the guy because she's afraid he wouldn't have wanted to be with her. Right. One was uh, that she had been married before and this is a, a very devout Muslim guy who does not want to marry somebody who's been married before okay. apparently whatever and then um, the fact that she's adopted and like her family issues and uh, hiding everything from him okay he lies about his age by a year and a half maybe two years mm -hmm. she flips out <laughs> goes in her room in whatever country they're in, is bawling hysterically. The mother's like, she's really overreacting over this. I just can't believe this person's lying to me. And I just, I've gone through so much in my life and everyone takes advantage of me and he can't even, he won't even tell me truths and this and that. And I'm like, oh my God. No. Oh my God. You are literally in one interview talking about how you have kept truths from him. Now, do you want to say keep truths or lied? Whatever right. words you want to use. Right. And you're hanging the guy for lying to you about his age. What are we talking about? It's insane. But then I have, so then back to the friends thing, I have another friend who I've distanced myself from who is, want to talk about late, just cancels every time. Yeah. Always excited to schedule the plan. Can't, when I say, if I show you the text yeah. thread, you guys would actually start crying laughing because you would think, wow, this is so pathetic. Cancel, cancel, yeah. cancel, cancel, cancel. And then is now actively trying to make plans. I go, why would I ever do that? Yeah, yeah. Have a little self-awareness. Go back and look at your behavior. I know, just look at the text chain. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's one of the things, like, again, going back to, uh, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning where <clears throat> it's like you have to, I think, to make these relationships really work for you, just like a romantic relationship, you have to commit to it. And that doesn't mean you commit to seeing them every day. Whatever mm -hmm. the rhythm is right between the two of you are, you figure that out, right? And you measure expectations and make sure you're on the same page. But you have to make a commitment. If this person is not committing to this relationship, I got news for you. There's no relationship. Yep. And the thing is, all that's doing is providing irritation to you and also 
at least subconsciously being like, whoa, like what's going on? Trying to figure out what is going on here because it's weird. As you said, she's excited to see you. And then like, and probably, and by the way, it has nothing to do with you. This is no. a woman that's got a, like, no, doesn't have a grasp on probably what's going does on this in with her life. Everyone exactly. in her life and is wondering why she's probably lonely. Right. No plans. I don't know. The thing about it is, you know, um, when you look at like the kind of modern therapeutic landscape, um, there's individual therapy, there's couples therapy, there's uh, family therapy, but there's no fair therapy for friends, right? And mm -hmm. what and why that matters is that there's no kind of language around conflict. There's no language around conflict resolution. There's no blueprint about how to operate in these friendships because, mm -hmm. like, if this were a romantic, if these, let's say you were dating this person. Well, this person's gone. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you know, consciously and subconsciously, you've got like a blueprint of what is um, okay and what's not okay, right? And you just be like, bye, peace. Yeah, like you're but right. we don't have that but for friends. But we don't have that. And then we're we so keep, right. We keep like hanging in there. And it's if you put it on in the romantic context, you're like, well, that person's a fool. Why would she keep doing that, right? But here we are with our friends, and it's like, damn. We expect these friendships to be these lightweight things that are nice to have, but that is they're not. They, they and no meaningful relationship is just a nice lightweight thing that you can kind of tap into and tap out of whenever you want. It's certainly a different dynamic than a family member or a romantic partner. And the responsibilities are different. However, any relationship that is worth having takes work, mm -hmm. right? I and mean, how many times have you heard if somebody asks you, what's the key to the success between you and Kevin? Well, it's a lot of work. You know, we're constantly reevaluating who we are and like when problem solving and maybe we're going to couples counseling and at certain times and maybe, you know, we go through it and then we work to figure it out. And friendships, well, you shouldn't necessarily be like working so hard because they are a diff, there is a different nature they still require work mm -hmm. and you can't and commitment. And so you can't cancel 25 times in a row on a friendship on, on a friend that, as I said, that's not a friendship. That person is not committed to this. And therefore you're in a relationship with a non-committed partner. So, I mean, you know where that's going to end up. Mm -hmm. You can keep it alive as long as you want, but it's already dead. You know, you can keep it alive in your mind <clears throat> as long as you want, but this thing's dead. Yeah, you're right. Such a mic drop moment. Well, thank God we have <laughs> how to break up with your friends. Aaron is our new therapist. <laughs> um, the other thing that was really cool. Well, there's a lot of cool things in here. This is going to be your new Bible, everybody. Um, there was something Kelsey like flipped out about in here. But then also before I get to that. Um, oh, maybe I'll get to this first and I'll go back to my thought. Um, so you have a part in the book where you talk about realizing you were very good friends with someone you weren't very good friends with at all anymore. Right. Um, Kelsey, tell us what your connection to that was. I just feel like so much of us do that. It's it, wh What was the word you used, Aaron? Like, like a legacy A friendship? legacy friend, yeah. exactly. I was going to say, I say history, but I like legacy better. It's these people that, you know, maybe you grew up with or your, mm -hmm. your parents are friends with their parents <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, I don't know, that really hit for me. I think we all have those people in our lives that you feel badly not maintaining the friendship, but you have nothing in common anymore. And you're like, you used to call each other best friends. So maybe you still do. And then right. you're like, wait, we're not best friends at 
all. Right. So it's like, I think for me, what was kind of like, oh my God, is like, what do you, what do you do with those people? Right. Because you don't want to, <laughs> well, you don't want to completely, if there's Do I put them on a shelf somewhere? Right. Where do I go? I'm where like, do they go? Right. I'm like, I don't want to necessarily make them cousin status yeah. because where there's history. Anyways. Yeah. If you could speak to that, that'd be great. (laughs) Well, so... Kelsey, I love you. That's hilarious. Where do I put them? What do I do? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think the thing is, is as a person, hopefully you are constantly evolving, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're really doing it right, you are paying attention to where you're evolving and how you're changing and where you're pivoting. Life is rarely... Well, it's never linear, right? So paying attention to like all of the zigzags you're doing throughout a life, life is crazy, right? Um, You're going to end up, even the core of who you are may stay the same, but where you are spiritually, intellectually, um, energetically is going to be shifting constantly. And so by nature, some of the people that you've been had in your life for 20 years, some of them are going to grow and evolve with you and and, and that relationship becomes more dynamic. And some of them naturally will have different pivot points and start going in different directions, not not necessarily worse, but different, right? Mm -hmm. And so you end up on different page, a different page than that person is. Um, Where you're going to get into trouble, right, and where I think you have to do something about it is if there is a different understanding or expectation from that other person. So if that other person is with any frequency trying to hang out with you or engage with you and you're just not feeling it, then you've got a problem. You've got something you have to deal with. If that person is not really in your life and they are just, I guess, a friend on Facebook and they show up in your feed like once a year for their birthday, there's not really something that you need to do about that. But if there is a situation where that person's like trying to hang out with you or trying to engage with you in any sort of meaningful way, then you're going to have to decide where you're going to put that person and then communicate that to them because that's when you're you you're using up energy subconsciously without even realizing it you're getting frustrated you're like oh my god i don't you know i don't want to see this person i'm canceling on them every time or even if they're like texting you well you got to respond that takes energy right and so you got to learn that everything you do if you're doing it an automatic pilot it's not a choice and choice is where you get power and energy from so if mm. you if this person is trying to engage with you, you need to make a choice. Where am I going to put this person and how am I going to communicate it? And am I going to communicate it directly or am I going to cu- communicate it through respectful action? And uh, that you need Ooh, to... respectful action. What's yeah. that? I mean, just managing expectations. Um, like, for example, in, my, in the first book, I, I think we might have even talked about this in our first interview. A good friend of mine called me complaining about another friend of ours. And she said, I'm so frustrated. I've just had it with this person. She calls me every single day, like without fail at like 11 o'clock. And, and this other friend of ours was like an actress and didn't have like a norm, like a nine to five schedule mm-hmm. kind of thing. My friend and I were both like in an office working and, and my friend was so frustrated. She's like, she just doesn't get it. Like she's at home watching TV all day. And so she just feels like she can call me at 11 and da, 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 da. And I said to my friend, well, do you answer? And she's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I act bothered and da-da-da. And she steep, keeps calling. I go, she keeps calling because you keep answering. Mm-hmm. Stop answering 
at 11 o'clock. Only take her calls if she calls at six or after or whatever works for you or on the weekend. Wait, that's like when you talk about in here, you're the co-creator. You're the co-creator. You teach people how to treat you and you teach these relationships how to treat you. And so that's a good example of like, if somebody's calling you at 11 in the middle of a workday, don't pick up because Mm -hmm. that is a nonverbal signal. It doesn't matter if you're giving them attitude when you answer. It's like... We're animals, right? It's Pavlovian. I call, you answer. I call, you answer. That's the only habit that they're remembering. They're not mem- remembering your attitude, right? Obviously not. They're calling you the next day at 11 o'clock. Why? You, I call, you answer. So start changing the behavior. Only, and I'm not talking about ghosting. I'm saying find a, wor- find a rhythm that is right for you and communicate that by your action. This person, This person's going to get it if you only pick up the phone once a month, she'll start calling you once a month, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to be overnight, but that's what's going to happen. And if yep. that rhythm is right for you, cool. If it's not, and it's like you never want to speak to this person ever again, not that you have hard feelings, then that's maybe something you need to communicate in a nice way as opposed to like, you're never going to get that. Then you're ghosting the person basically, yeah. right? Yeah. You're the co-creator. And, and you, I think you said um, It's almost like uh, it becomes your fault as well. Right. You have a response. What I hear all the time is this person's toxic. She's toxic. He's toxic. And I need to be clear that most times the other person is not necessarily toxic. It is the relationship between you that is toxic. And there might be an instigator, right? Like in your case with your, Mm -hmm. your friend that you were just talking about, she is clearly the instigator. But your acceptance of her behavior, Mm -hmm. your act of choice to keep engaging is what fuels it. And that person might be out in the world and having other relationships that are different, like that, that do work. Right. But so it's the relationship that is the problem, not the other person in the sense that you are co-creating what is happening here, either by being, you know, the aggressor or allowing the aggressor to keep giving them oxygen in this relationship. And so when you understand your responsibility, then you understand your personal power, right? And again, that's what you, that's what we want to be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's great teachable moments, even when these relationships need to end. And I talk about a personal story that I had in the book where, where I was, I would have, <clears throat> and I did for years, even after I ended this friendship, talked about this person as a toxic person. And while I do think she was certainly unbalanced in certain ways, I really looked, she was, she is, she was the type of person, I don't know if you guys like have know anybody like this, that she's always has drama in her life. Like she's either getting fired or her boyfriend's kicked her out or like she needs to take her dog to like get $5,000 surgery and she doesn't have any money. You know, like one of those people that just, it feels like they can't quite ever get it together. And, um, so I was like her person to call. Right. And it was so exhausting for me. And it just kept escalating. You know, I would jump in and like save the day. And and I ultimately had to end that friendship. And I talk about that in the book. But what I realized all these years later was like, what? So I just dismissed this. Like, this is a crazy person. She's a toxic person, right? The thing is, that was a missed opportunity because if I really looked at it and I did all these years later, what was my role in this? What? Why did I need to be in this? Why did I need to have this hero complex mm. despite it taking all my energy, right? And I, I, I'd wake up the next day after like some crazy thing that I needed to like bail her out of and I'd be like exhausted and I'd text her and I'd be like, you okay? And she'd be like, what? Yeah, I'm just having coffee. Like, what's up? And I'm like, <laughs> what? What? 
Like literally it was like a five alarm fire that I was like all night, like, oh my God, I can't believe. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, no, cool. What's up? You know? And I'm just so, but it's like a vampire. Right. And so what in me though needed to be in this, Mm -hmm. what part of my ego or self-esteem was this feeling, was, was this fueling? What significance were you getting from that hero moment? That's right. That's super good information to have if you want to be working on yourself. Right. And, and try and minimize like, leaning into those parts of myself that needs that kind of gratification mm-hmm. because it's a lose-lose, <laughs> you yeah. know? I actually, in the end, got nothing out of it except a headache and then like a super awkward, you know, dramatic ending with this person when none of that needs, like, I, d- I don't want to repeat that. It's, yeah. it, the thing is, if you don't learn from it, you're apt to repeat these things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Such good perspective. Yeah, it's, I think um, when you talk about auditing friendships, it's really important yeah. because- how you feel when you're around the person mm-hmm. is so important totally. to kind of identify if this right. is toxic or or what kind of friendship it is. Like I'm thinking, you know, there's there are friends that I feel like I can totally be me and yeah. shine. Yeah. And then there are friends that I'm muted and very like mm-hmm. in my turtle shell and and or and then there are friends who I want to have a conversation and their heads are on swivels. Totally. Who's, who's coming in, who's around who. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, are we friends? I don't right. even understand. Yeah. Cause if we're friends, like we should like maybe want to have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so funny because I feel like that's a very LA thing though. I don't know if other people's heads are on I swivels. Think they are. But no, they are. It could be everywhere because no, they are. If you're with your girlfriends media. and they're looking for guys and yeah. their heads are on swivels, not paying attention to you. Maybe it's like, no. And it's just also like they all, everybody always has a device like sewn into their hand, even if oh, I'm like, talking to you and it's like, it, they might not be looking at who's coming in, but they're looking at what's she posting, what's mm-hmm. she posting. And it's like, they're distracted and they're not. Yeah. They're not, you know, sharing their full energy with you. And the the auditing part of this is so, I think, important because we culturally are, and I think I talked to Kelsey about this, we are like obsessed with understanding every single calorie we put in our mouth. We're wearing watches that tell us every single step we take. Like we need to have this information. We're like obsessed with Maria Kondo, who's like looking at ways to declutter and take every, you know, really make everything look perfect. Look perfect and be intentional (laughs) about our spaces. And yet people nothing. Yeah. Right. Just like dialing it in, dialing it in, dialing it in super missed opportunity. And I think like the antidote for chaos is creating meaning in these relationships and being intentional in these relationships and without reducing chaos, either finding your and or finding your hot shower and creating meaning in your life, burnout, frustration, anxiety, rising, depression, rising, it's just not sustainable. Mm. And it's certainly not sustainable if you want like a happy, fulfilled life. Yeah. And I don't even think physiologically it's sustainable. <laughs> like stress well, yeah. levels are just. And if you think about everything you're saying in the book with all the science backed yeah. um, information too, if friendships are that vital to our health, right. emotionally and mentally and physically yeah. And, yeah. and spiritually everything. And we have friends that are n- not, contributing to the friendship or being toxic or yeah. negative or yeah. any of that, then that's actually going to be detrimental hurting your health. That's yeah. exactly it. That's so exactly we really it. do need to look yeah. at this in mm. such a big way, just like we're going to the doctor for our annual physical right. and everything else, because this is a daily stressor in your life. Right. If it's not, I say all the time, if something's not giving you energy, it's taking. 
There is no net neutral. And so I think with relationships, which are so activating, right, both bad and good, Mm -hmm. if something is not providing you value, it is taking value. And so there is no kind of like, there. all these things are floating here. You've got to start being intentional and making choices. And that's how we're going to start, again, like making meaning and combating Mm -hmm. chaos and slowing things down a little bit, like so our brains can process and be, you know, and recover actually coming two years out of a pandemic, go into a bit of a recovery mode here because this is just the stress levels have been bananas. Yeah. It's funny. One of the things I think I told you um, is when I... I would go, I started going on vacation with my best friend. Right. We used to fly together growing up because she, she worked for the airlines, her mom worked for the airlines. And then at some point I realized I am working like a crazy person. Um, Kelsey, just so you know, like vacation, that was like my second year at Extra, I think. That's how many years into my career. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I said, you know, Alyssa, we like never travel together. Let's, I have that three day window, like right after Christmas, before New Year's. Let's right. just, like go to Mexico. Yeah. And she would be on her phone the whole time. And I would get so angry and so frustrated. Now, Alyssa is a friend that um, I know I can have a conversation with. Right. And it's not going to be this like explosive, crazy, whatever. Right. So I said, hey, like, are your friends, are you, are you even interested in being here with me currently? Or are you more excited to be with the people back in Boston that are freezing their asses off right now? Because it really looks like you really just want to be with them. Yeah. And and she kind of like, I don't know if she knew how to handle it, but at some point on the next vacation, I said, listen, if we're going to go on vacation, phones are gone. Right. Like this is our time to hang out and to see each other. Because the thing is for me, most of my friends live outside of LA. They live in other states. Right. So when I do have time with you, I really want to like, deep dive and right. be with you. Exactly. And and so I cut the devices. I said, we only use our devices at night when we go back to our rooms. Right. We check in at home, whatever. The rest of the time is about us. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. So if for you, anybody who's listening out there, Heel Squad, if you have friends that are doing this, oh my God, Meredith. Meredith <laughs> and I have had blowouts about this. Every year we go to the Super Bowl. Since not pandemic, obviously not. And she'd be on her phone the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, Meredith, we see each other once a year. Could you actually lay yeah. off the freaking phone? And I would finally I would get more mad and more yeah. mad and more mad. And she's like, Maria, stop it. She gets so like, whatever. <laughs> and I just like, I literally would like flip out. And I was like, that's it. I'm just like, I can't take this anymore. Right. But um, but with Alyssa, we were able to change that that dynamic and it helps. So for anybody who's listening out there, maybe it's not a vacation thing. Maybe it's at dinner. Totally. And they can't, you know, either leave the device in the glove compartment of your car or have it there in case of an emergency. Fine. We're all so obsessed with emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. What did we do 15 years ago? Exactly. I don't know whatever happened. It's amazing. We survived as a a species because everybody was always like, but what if I get the call? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. What call? You're kind of manifesting something negative to happen right now. Exactly. So if I'm at dinner and my phone isn't in the glove compartment or in my purse, I have it face down. Yeah. Face down. That's just etiquette. That's it. Etiquette and not in your hand. Again, the question is, do you want to be at this dinner or do you want to be on the phone with everyone who's not at the friggin' dinner? Yeah, 
watching other people live their lives instead of living your life right now. I don't understand. It really upsets me. So I want to get into the friendship diagnosis because I really, really love this part. So obviously there is, you know, how do you feel? How do you behave? Which I thought was really, really important. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And what role does everyone play? Let's talk a little bit about that. And then I want to go into the different kind of friends and I, and what that all is meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's often when we look at friends, uh, you know, different friends in our lives, we're, we're looking at like how they behave or what, you know, kind of they bring to the table. And I think that one of the most important things is to, it's always about kind of going back internally and say, okay, but how do I show up in friendship? What role do I play? Mm-hmm. What, how am I contributing and participating? And, and that answer will be, different, like with different friends, there'll still be a core though of you that shows up in all of these relationships. But I, you, it, it's good information to have because when I started, you know, writing all these things down, I realized that I really show up or what people are coming to me for, I guess more is like the role of like the fixer. Like if there's a problem or a life crisis or that somebody's got a, somebody's got a big job interview tomorrow and they want to like, like that's like my friends, like that's when I hear from the most. Right. And I love that role, you know, and I feel good about, you know, being in that role. But when I really looked at it, I was like, you know, I'm one of my shortcomings. Then I noticed about myself is that I really never show up with vulnerability. Like I never then when I have a problem, I try to work it out like myself and, um, well, because, if you show vulnerability, right. then they're going to think you're not the one to go to. I'm like, I'm going to re- ruin my cred, yeah. my friendship cred, yeah. right? And the thing is, that's just not <clears throat> true. You can lead with that personality trait. But if you really want a full, complete relationship with w- friendship, the vulnerability part is key. And you don't need to lead with that. And I don't need to be calling my all my friends crying at times. But when there is something that really is meaningful or I'm scared or I don't have the answers, it's really nice to be able to, for that relationship, to be able to lean on people in a way that you wouldn't conventionally. I think one of the things that I think are the most kind of impactful about friendship, and we talked about this little a, a little earlier, is this idea that you, you co-create who you are. Friendships, you, not only do you mold a friendship, a friendship molds you, and it brings out parts of yourself that otherwise would not be discovered. And so I think when you limit it to a very narrow um, like lens, right, you are only discovering yourself in that, you know, reciprocally in a very limited way. And what you want to do is kind of open up the aperture. Again, you're not leading with something which isn't definitely you, but leaning into the parts of yourself which you're afraid to show, afraid to share, because that's where the kind of richness, that's where the dynamic element of a friendship can really help you evolve as an individual, not Mm -hmm. just the friendship, but what can it do for you? And so these things are all kind of magical opportunities for self-exploration. And so understanding the roles, understanding like, are you the nurturer? Are you the fun friend? Are you the fixer? Are you Mm -hmm. the whatever? And then opening up the aperture and saying, okay, that's great. That's who I, that's who I am. That's how I show up. How can I show up differently? How can I play around with it? Like, it, there's a lot of gold there. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked reading about the different kinds of friends. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm pretty sure I read something here about, you know, sometimes we'll think that each one of our friends is supposed to be like 
the wheel of all of these things. Yeah. And they're not going to (laughs) be. That's right. And then getting information about like what that person is bringing to the relationship for you is so important because we do think like, you're a friend, so you should fulfill all my needs. And that's just not true. Not everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. alchemically, they're not going to resonate with you on all things. Right. And so we get so disappointed and bummed out when somebody isn't there for us in a way that maybe they're not capable and that's okay. What are they, what are they capable of? Lean into that because that's the richness in the dynamic between the two of you. And to that point, do you know the, um, psychotherapist Esther Perel? Have you, okay. So she is like, you got to follow her. She's yeah. she's amazing. She's Chelsea. Got, and she's got an Jump amazing <laughs> podcast. She she specializes in couples therapy and she's got an amazing podcast called Where Should We Begin? And she sees couples on this podcast. Anyways, she's brilliant. But she has been talking about like, well, at least I've tuned into her talking about this for like maybe the last six months, a year, talking about the importance of friendship because these days, romantic partners have become everything. Yes. No, Kevin's they're the everything. Business, they're their business partner. Yeah. We're not just talking about yoga. We're doing it together. Yeah. We're like raising the kids. We're making the lunches. I know everything about every single one of my husband's coworkers. He knows everything about. This takes all of the magic, all of the mystery out and think of the <clears> weight <throat> that has. Right. And if you look at relationships, you know, and I'm not saying this was a perfect world, but if you looked in like, you know, the fifties or sixties, the man went to work, the woman stayed at home. And I'm not saying that's, that is not what I'm advocating for at all. But when you look at it from relationally, that guy went out and did his thing. The woman did her thing. When they came back together, they weren't talking about what happened all day long. They were like, let's have a martini (laughs) and, you know, talk about social plans or have friends over and we'll have, you know, a dinner and we'll sit around the table and talk and stuff. And So the dynamic of a romantic relationship is so changed now. And especially two years in a pandemic where on top of everything, now you're working from home together. This is bananas. And so the importance of finding friends and saying, this is... This is what this friend can fulfill for me and I for her. This is what this friend, so that it takes just at the very least something off of the romantic relationship. So like mm-hmm. it can breathe and do its thing and like the magic that it's supposed to, as opposed to like every, I know every single thing about every single thing about every single thing that you do all day long. And like in a soulmate sense, that's amazing. But in a practical sense, you, you one should be a little careful to like just, outsource a bit and you have this resource here in friends if you're doing it right to do that i agree it's so funny throughout the course of this whole interview i'm thinking oh my god i don't think i reach out to friends when i'm sad like Mm -hmm. any of these moments when i've been like in the fetal position crying about my mom or whatever it's Kevin who like will run in the room and then we'll get through it and then i'm done yeah because i also don't like to burden people right with everything, right? right? And, and it's I think, not a burden. A yeah, friendship. It's actually like a an honor. Yeah, you, know? you know, if if the if the person's real and the relationship's real, it's like an honor. And I actually talk about. I had a really good interview. So you, as you know, in the book. So I'm. It's me talking most of it, but I chose ten vignettes. I interviewed ten women about their friendship stories, and I interviewed this journalist, an LA Times journalist, Lin- Lindsay Sharp, who's. Um, daughter was born with a very rare and terminal disease. And so she went through hell. The mitochondria thing. Yes, yes, yes. So she went, she, and continues to, in a, you know, it's her, her absolute joy, but it's also, I can't even imagine, right? And she talks about being kind of scared to like burden 
to friendship and then the revelation of like it's the it's the highest pinnacle of respect for the relationship if you're really going something through and or like the death of your mom you mm -hmm. know these are real things that define you as a person and you want to be able to not just share but be supported and people i think really if if they're invested in the friendship these are like moments of great honor yeah you know that they could provide any sort of a listening ear or a shoulder to cry on or mm -hmm. any kind of meaningful you know shared life advice if they've gone through something so it's a real opportunity there was someone else in the book was the last name tong Sasha Tong, yeah. Tong, yeah. Where she talked about how she's like the superhero cape girl. Right. And then yes. people weren't there for her in return. Right. She, get, she went through this crazy thing. Where, Explain that. Because I yeah. thought, I mean, I connected with that because I had to realize that I'm really good at putting my superhero cape on. Yeah. Kevin and I both are. Right. But then when people don't do that for you, you're like confused. Like what happened? I'm and it took me a minute to realize that that's just our superpower. We're right. really good in crisis. Right. Other people aren't. Right. Exactly. And so Sasha Tong, she is um, a co-host for a really popular um, uh, podcast out of Canada. And she has, she does it with her friend and she, they, the two of them have a really tight group of friends and her role within that group is kind of like the, the superhero, you know, kind of like ultimate fixer, like when something's going wrong, so that she was that for that group. She is that for that group of friends. And then, um, and this is a really longstanding group of friends. And, uh, a couple of years ago, she woke up one morning and had no vision. She literally was blind. And she went to the doc, you know, she taken to the doctor and they were like, we don't know what has happened here. And we don't think there might not be a way out of this. We just can't, you know, she went then test and test and test and test. And so for like a year, she couldn't see anything. You can imagine what a horror this is, right? And she was, when she got, luckily, she was able to come out of it. And uh, when she came out of it, she realized like none of her friends showed up for her in a way that she is constantly showing up for them. And so she was so bummed up, bummed out and so upset and so depressed and just really like less than angry. She was like kind of devastated. Right. And then she brought it up to one of her friends and her friend was shocked. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I, you didn't ask for help. I didn't, I, I mean, I guess I should have known, but Mm -hmm. And so Sasha was like, I was still really angry and like, how could you not have known or really upset? Like, how could you not know? But also, that's right. I show up this way. I never once showed vulnerability. I never came to a cry for help, like had a breakdown with one of them. They really, I think, thought just because of the history of the way I've been able to keep it together, hearing their own stories, mm -hmm. that I was managing yep. and I wasn't managing. I was scared shitless. And literally blind. <laughs> Unreal. You know, imagine how that, you know, sh shapes your world like overnight. And so like, yeah, it is important to understand like how you show up. It's also important to communicate. Like when things aren't, when people aren't like showing up for you, yes, they could be just being really shitty or maybe they've just like, mm -hmm. you, maybe they need to hear it and will automatically jump in and be like, my God, you know, thank yeah. you for telling me and here <clears throat> I am. That's the thing. I think that it's it's easy to have expectations. Yeah. And and that's kind of the worst thing we can do, but um but the truth is is sometimes people don't know. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so 
busy. Busy, yeah. And everyone's so in their life and in the mm-hmm. chaos of their own life because everyone has their own chaos. Right. And so it's hard unless, it's hard to think that someone can just read minds and right. be there, which by the way, I've expected people to read minds sometimes. Right. And I'm looking back and I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have done that because, you know, yes, it would look very obvious that right, I was suffering. Right, right. I'm suffering. I don't know. Be nice if you said, hey, let me take you out for a drink yeah, and sure. relieve you of your pain. Right. Didn't happen. Um, but although me and Alyssa did go, <laughs> we got wait- wasted. It was really nice. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think that, you know, it's, it's if we can just remember that everyone's so overwhelmed in their own shit right that you do have to be more clear right it just sucks when you feel like you have to say something right it's really hard yeah like yeah it doesn't feel good that you have to say something and how do you say it yeah how do you say hey guys i'm really suffering right now like will you take me out yeah well i mean (laughs) i which is sad because when you hear so this is what bothered me when i'd hear of like people um, this is what made me, made me want to move to Nashville. My right. friend was visiting me. My parents both had COVID. My they were just released to me, and and I'm now their nurse. And it was a friggin' shit show. And she said, you know, my friend, she was pregnant. She just had a baby, and like all the friends there put together this meal on wheels program to help her. And I'm like, meal on wheels. Yeah. She had a great thing happen. I'm yeah. dying here. Yeah. But people just assume she has money. She's yeah. good. Right. And it's like, it wasn't even about the money. Right. My head was falling off my own body. Right. I couldn't, if I tried, Put figured out how to order food. Right. Anyway, if Kelsey wasn't here, I would have literally just died. Right. And yeah. and it was because she was physically here. She right. got to see the physical needs. You right. might not have known if you weren't physically here either. Right. But, you know, you're just kind of shocked. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Yeah. Or when they're like, oh, if we were there, we'd be able to help. And I'm like, you can't just throw a couple cookies in a in a box and ship them to me. I know you're making Christmas cookies. Just the thought, just yeah. to make me feel like I'm I'm totally. supported. Totally. But people can't get out of their own way. Everyone's right. so busy doing their own thing. So you have to just, I say all of that just to paint the picture so you know, like I've equally been disappointed and now I'm realizing I can't expect that of anybody unless right. you have Which, the courage to just say, I need help. Yeah. And it is too bad that you can't just mm-hmm. expect this from people, but we've got a lot of retraining to do until we get back to that place. You know, because in a perfect world, I think you could, you should be able to expect, you know, that like when some major life event When happens, it's major, it's obvious, it's major, guys. major, it's obvious, right? Yeah. And then, so you, so you need to look at, is, is this just really bad behavior or... Or is it like a, a life chaos situation? And the truth is, nine times out of ten, it is a life chaos, you know, situation. That to me is still not a good enough excuse. And that's why we got you got to find your hot shower and reduce the chaos every single day. Mm-hmm. What am I doing to reduce the chaos in my mind so I can not just show up for other people, but show up for myself? Because if you're not showing up for other people, you know, a lot of times you're not showing up for yourself. Yeah. And obviously, that's a massive problem. Yeah. Um, I could talk about this forever, but, um, I'm just going to give you guys a quick highlight before we, we, um, end the show. There's the nostalgic friend. Don't we all have those? The nurturing friend, the creative friend, Mm -hmm. honey, I hope you're listening to this. Um, Kevin's really starting to lean into the people that will foster his creativity and encourage his creativity. Mm -hmm. The mentor friend. The friend like you, mm-hmm. which, you know, we all 
like to be with people yeah. that are like us. That's why we all dress the same. <laughs> I was glad that you put that in there because I, I laugh about that. The friend who's not like you, I think is so important. Mm-hmm. The vital friend, um, your ride or die. And then toxic friends. A couple exclamation points on that page. Um, and so I think you could do yourself no better service than to get this book, guys, and read it and start dissecting your friendships and and you yourself yeah. and how you're showing up for your friends, right? Like I have to be really mindful when I'm talking to Alyssa because my life is like so full of like all this like vastly different things that she's exposed to, right? Right. She works at the airlines. Her, her life is like kind of the same thing every day, right? right. Mine, I have like all these new things that are popping in all the time. I have to be so careful not to dominate conversations right. and to make sure I'm asking about her life and her family and everything like that. But that's like me being very intentional right. to not get caught up. And I know that there were probably times I did get caught up, but I was like, okay, I got to really be intentional right. here. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Those things matter auditing yourself and everyone around you is really important. And as we said, very important to your health. So on that note, Heal Squad, we love you. Um, If you haven't hit subscribe, hit it now so you don't miss a great interview. Um, And uh, don't forget to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. Kelsey will put a link to that in the summary of this episode again the book is called how to break up with your friends find meaning connection and boundaries in modern friendships by aaron falconer great cover by the way thank you Um, and i love all the colors uh in the meantime be nice people make good choices and be present this podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare care program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.